expanding the Nerdosphere, talking on everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Fresh from Washington, D.C., it's episode 115 of the Down and Nerdy podcast. We're Nick this week. We might as well be the Lego movie because everything is awesome. <laughs> yes, and in more ways than one, and it was really cool being in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, of course, for Awesome Con in Washington, D.C., and it was just a fun time, man. We saw a lot of cool people, met a lot of cool. Uh, it was really, really fun, man, and just a lot of memories and things we're going to talk about this episode. Yeah, I mean, just being able to go to a convention of that size at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. was just mind-blowing. You just see how big it is, and of course, we've heard so many stories. If you've listened to our interviews, which you can get at downandnerdypodcast.com with some of the creators and the celebrities, how this thing started. It's just a tiny little Kickstarter, and, and just in a small... It was still in that convention center, but it was in a very smaller portion of the convention center, and now it's grown to basically engulf the entire city block in downtown Washington, <laughs> D.C., and it's just jam-packed full of people. It's an amazing growth for, I think, this is the third year. Yeah, man. I think it, I think it's the fourth year, but uh, any, either year it is, man. I mean, you know, we talked to Tom King. He's like, yeah, man, it's like 12 people here like for the first time or whatever like that. You know, it wasn't a lot of big names. Everybody's pretty much just pushing novels back then. Now to see what it was, where it, you know, you had all these, these, this whole arcade cabinet alley and you had all these big stars in this one celebrity area and how just huge it was. And as you said, it engulfed a whole, pretty much a city block. Like it was just huge. I mean, we, we got to the con the first day, and we're like, so where do you want to start? Because right. I don't know. And then when you get to the end of an alley, you're like, do you want to go right? Do you want to go straight? It's kind of like you're on the walk evader. It's like we go sideways and backways and diagonal and this way and that way and up and down. And it's just – there's just so many things. We met so many people again. It was so awesome. And uh, it was just a fun time, man, a really eye-opening experience as well. Basically, we're going to break down the entire weekend for Awesome Con 2016, and we're going to break this up just kind of like we do our regular show. So for what we're reading coming up next here in a few minutes, we're going to be talking about all the comic stuff that we saw and all the vendors and all the experiences that we had comics-wise. And believe me, there's some good ones. There was a comics museum that had a display. We'll get way deeper into that coming up here in a second. And then we ended up attending the Kevin Smith show on Friday nights. So we'll talk about that for this week in Geektainment. And for nerd news, yes, we had some nerd news that came out of this, some legit nerd news that broke at AwesomeCon. We'll share that with you as well. And of course, we're going to talk about just our general experiences, what we thought of AwesomeCon, what we think you should do. Should you go to AwesomeCon 2017 next year? We're going to break it all down this week. But we've got some legit breaking news. Exactly. We'll get to more of that breaking news later on in the show. But come up next, as you mentioned, James, it's what we're reading. We're talking about everything comics and everything we saw at AwesomeCon that had pertained to them. Come up next on the Down and Nerdy Podcast. This is comic book writer Justin Jordan, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, normally this is where I tell you that we got our long boxes, but seeing how we were in Awesome Con for DC, we end up looking at other people's long boxes and seeing what they had in their collection because it's time for what we're reading. And, you know, let's get start off with who we talked to this weekend, James. Yeah, and I want to start off with Scotty Young, actually, because Scotty was there for, on Saturday. He was signing at, uh, at one of the comic book booths there and for uh, I Hate Fairyland and a bunch of his other books that, that he has in the variant covers. And let me tell you, man, the line for Scotty 
was wrapped around pretty big, and everybody just loves, I mean, when we talked to him about I Hate Fairyland months ago, everybody loves his style and loves his variant covers. You want to talk about a guy who loves his fans, this guy loves his fans. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he was just so awesome to talk to in person and everything else. We've we known him for a little while, but to see him in person, just see the line that he had at the Third Eye Comics booth in D.C., Awesome Con, uh, it was really, really cool, man. And, you know, he was a really, really nice guy, and you know, he was there with his family, so he was, of course, doing all the sightseeing things, and, of course, his kid was, you know, he loves all the whole president stuff like that, so it was pretty cool to talk to him about that and kind of, you know, get the whole family aspect of D.C. in general, but that was really, really fun to talk to him about I Hate Fairyland, which pretty much was one of those series where we both read it, and we're like, this is dark, and it's hilarious, and it's fun, and we love it, and it's a, just an amazing, amazing book, an amazing series. And not just his art, but it showed his strength as a writer as well, which I think a lot of artists you see when they write books, you know, you kind of shove it to the side and go, ah, I don't know about that. But this really showed Scott, he was able to stretch his abilities, and just saw how it shows how talented he really is, and you can actually get... I Hate Fairyland issue number six, which is going to kick off the second volume on June the 15th. You know we're going to be talking about that next week. Exactly. Well, let's move along. Let's talk to a man, of course, one of the greatest beards in all of comics. Oh, of course, talk yeah. about Justin Jordan. And, you know, he's written a lot of great things, as you mentioned. In the interview, go back and listen to that as James lists off everything he's done. But one thing he's working on right now that's getting ready to come out soon is Sombra from, of course, Boom Studios. And, man, you want to talk about... Uh, just a topic in general that's just an intense topic. I mean, I don't think any more intense with the Mexican cartels, and Justin is covering that in this book, in this series, and it's just, man, we got a synopsis, an overview of what happens, and it's just, let's just say, wow. Just, just That's all I can say, pretty much. The, the intensity is off the charts, and this series has been in the making since 2012. It's not going to be coming out until July of this year, so that should tell you the kind of care that Justin and everybody took in this series, and Raul Trevino, who does the art, and I, I, I've seen a, a little bit of the art there as well, let's face it, he's Mexican, and he still lives down there, so he almost didn't want to do this book, because like, hey, I actually have experience with the cartels, I've had something happen, and I don't know if I want to, you know, put myself in that position again, but he decided to go ahead and do it, and I just think that we're finally going to get a good, true-to-life comic adaptation of the Mexican cartel. Well, yeah, and going, you know, going back to, to Raul, and it's one of those things where it's like it's such a real-life experience, what happened with him, and it's just one of those things where it's like, do you want to relive that, you know, that pain and stuff like that? You know, for example, there's that scene in Titanic where the guy's like, you're ready to go back to Titanic. Well, it's like in this, it was kind of that moment, but a lot more darker and a lot more real because uh, it actually happened to him, and it's just... Uh, I won't go into detail, but it's just when you hear what happened and you just see everything else, and you're just like, wow, for him to muster up that courage and that strength and say, you know what, I want to work on this because this could bring some some good light, you know, in, in a sense, not in a sense of they're good, but in a sense of just shining a light on the cartel in general from what we see in documentaries and everything else, you know, this is something that I could be a part of and everything else. So, again, it's just one of those things where it that just drives you to read it even more, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing what's going to happen. And, I mean, even the DEA is involved there as well. They go into that aspect. So it's like the crossing of the border kind of thing. So you're going to get the cartel violence, but you're also going to see, you know, how countries deal with this in general. So, I mean, it's going to be coming out on July the 20th from Boom Studios. So, I mean, you've got plenty of time to pre-order it and everything like that. And I think that people are really going to dig this series. 
And the, to end this segment, man, let's just go right into it. Of course, our friend, the one and only former CIA agent turned comic book writer, and now the writer of DC Comics' Batman, Mr. Tom King. And man, you want to talk about one of the most humbling and humblest people, you know, in comics, and not maybe just that, just in life in general. And that's Tom, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he basically took time to list off pretty much everybody that's working on this series from start to finish, and we've got more coming up on the actual inner workings of the Batman series. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in Nerd News, because he gave us some really good uh, nuggets of information. But, I mean, he listed off, you know how when we usually do what what we're reading, we'll tell you who the colorist is, we'll tell you who the letterer is, if there's a cover artist, we'll tell you who that is. He broke down each and every one of them. Yeah. And just thanked them from top to bottom, because he genuinely appreciates everybody that's worked on this on this with him and the fact that he's gone from you know selling this tiny little novel the first year to this now well, is incredible well, let's not forget selling a tiny novel and handing out magnets to yeah. to him remember when he opened up he opened up by saying like oh it's insane man. It's like, i have you know lines now and i'm yeah. writing batman you know it's like it's one of those things where it's like what's happened to him in the past year i mean really fun to start off with the whole Everything when we talked to him about Omega Men and Sheriff of Babylon. Then he went into the whole Vision thing with Marvel. And now it comes full circle with Batman. You know, you want to talk about a progression. That is a progression, man. Like, that's just like one minute you're writing about Omega Men and, you know, Sheriff of Babylon. Next thing you know, hey, do you want to do Batman? As he, you know, to put in his words, he said it. He's like, you know, when somebody asks you a god, asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those things, man, where it's like I couldn't think of anybody else better to take over Scott Snyder and just the Batman run. He so far we've read issue one. It's just, it's just a, a marvelous thing that he's doing and how he has it planned out. I mean, speaking of Scott Snyder, he even praised uh, Scott Snyder's All Star Batman. Yeah, he said he's gotten a peek at the first issue and it's amazing. But we're gonna tell you a lot more about. Batman coming up in Nerd News because he gave us a really cool breakdown of what's going to be coming. But before we move on to the next me- segment, since we're talking about comics, I wanted to talk about the display that they had at Awesome Con oh, 2016 yes. for the uh, comic museum that was in Baltimore. You want to talk about a treasure trove, Nick, of stuff, of comics from... I mean, just spanning so many years, the, our jaws were hitting the floor. It's uh, some I, of the stuff we're seeing. <laughs> I mean, we were standing next to Ming from Comic Book Man at this display, and it's, it's true. It's one of those things where when you see Amazing Fantasy, you know, with the first appearance of Spider-Man, your jaw hits the floor. Mine almost went right through the display case because not only did they have it, but it was signed by Stan Lee himself. I'm surprised they didn't have armed guards <laughs> by that sucker, man. I mean, it was just... I mean, it's that's almost like one of the Holy Grail comics, you know. And not only that, I mean, you want you could talk about DC and Marvel. I mean, they also had you know the first Daredevil there, the first Luke Cage. They had a whole bunch of stuff, some some great issues of Batman. But then you kept going. They had Transformers number one. They had a Mighty Mouse, first Mighty Mouse comic. They I mean, had, it was just so cool. They had Spawn number one, and not to mention they also had some cool uh, cell drawings. From Disney, from like old school oh, Disney so cool. cartoons, yeah. man, like the old Mickey Mouse era and everything else. And, you know, they had the old James Bond board games and they had an old school television from like the 19, what, 
fifties or like that, which yep. today when it, when it was it like back in the day you could buy it for like three hundred dollars when it first came out. Uh-huh. And then nowadays for inflation it's like thirty five hundred or yep. almost four thousand dollar television. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been worked on quite a bit, but it looked pretty good. Yeah. We're watching Howdy Doody for a couple minutes and yeah, man. you know, just for the hell of it. But I mean, it was just so cool to see some of the stuff that they had, which was all original as well. And they had one of my favorite things that they had was they had the big Darwin Cook uh, display yeah. of a lot of his stuff, not just the uh, not just the frontier stuff either. They had a whole big display of for just Darwin, which I th- I thought was really neat. But it was just the little things. I mean, they even had a first edition Jules Verne Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? Yeah, now? dude. That's the thing is that you know we're standing at the display case, and the guy you know works for him comes up to us like everything, every comic you see, every book, and everything here is all first edition, and we're just like. Wow! Like the amount of money they had in those cases, and you could tell too. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous, and it was great how like everything from the books to the board games to just the, the dolls they had there from the old school days, everything was in perfect condition, if not you the know, closest near you could possibly yeah. get, given yeah. the age of some of these things. Like there was a uh, there was a uh, shadow comic that was in there that you could tell there was some wear and tear but that comic had to be about what you think 70 years old yeah. maybe i mean oh, God, or, yeah. or close to it i mean it was absolutely incredible some of the stuff that they had there exactly well, speaking of incredible things we were actually at the kevin smith show on friday night we're talk about that come up next and this we can geek tame on down nerdy podcast this is riddle and you're listening to down and nerdy podcast well, it's one thing to see somebody on Netflix, whether it be a comedian or a documentary or stuff like that. It's something else to actually be sitting down with the man in front of you. So we were lucky enough on Friday night at AwesomeCon 2016 to go to Kevin Smith's one-man show. And if you've ever been to a Kevin Smith one-man show Q&A, he says that it is a not too much Q and a whole ton of A. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's like, remember how it goes? And I love how he prefaces it. He goes, pretty much what it is is like people will ask, I get, you know, two questions and then it's just 30 minutes of an answer. <laughs> it's a lot longer than that for the first one, by the way. Yeah, man. And we're not going into too much details about the stories he told because because just in case he goes somewhere else and get you know tells those stories, right. uh, there is one that did pertain to Star Wars. We'll say that um, and a couple other things. Well, you know him working on the Flash and everything else. But you know there was just a lot of things that he said that you know about George Carlin and working with him and how he you know started mm-hmm. with Clerks and how he pretty much was just like you know, I will say this. He was talking about how you know he he had he made Clerks you know back in the day and he's in Cannes. He never imagined he would ever be in Cannes and so. He's having this interview with this really French uh, media person. He looks at him smoking a cigarette, very French-like, and he's like, So, Jay and Silent Bob, they're like the R2-D2 and C-3PO stoners, no? And, and, and Kevin Smith's just like, tear. Just yeah. like... Because <laughs> he was like, what am I going to talk to this guy about? I don't speak French. Right. And it's just, <laughs> but it's just cool like, to see a guy come from Jersey, you know, it's middle class you know, TV dinner family in Jersey to now he's like, I worked on the flash and I did this and I've been, you know, and, and and there's a, there's, he has a story about how he met JJ Abrams where you want to talk about, this is what makes him such a great storyteller. It goes full circle. And you're like, wow, had this one thing of generosity not happened way like 20 some odd years ago, he, I would have known JJ. 
you know? And that's the cool thing about Kevin Smith's show, too. It's not just about the jokes and, and not just about the stories, but it's like there's so many lessons in there. And that was one of the lessons that you took away from a story like that, that, you know, it pays to be generous and it pays to be genuine and, and and stuff like that because if he hadn't made this gesture which at the time he wasn't happy about but if he hadn't made this gesture you never would have known that so many years later that it would turn into something so gigantic and that you'd still be friends with this person like jj's daughter and harley kevin's daughter are still friends to this day yeah because of a lot of the stuff that happened here it's like you just never know who are you going to meet? And at the time, J.J. J. J. Abrams wasn't a huge star either. He wasn't a huge, big name. I mean, he had a couple things, but he wasn't a big name either. So to see things, like you said, come full circle and you just listen to Kevin talk and listen to the lessons that he has and the way he delivers it, it, it makes you take a different perspective on things, you know? Oh, yeah, man. And, and, you know, towards the end of the panel, if you will, the Q&A, he pretty much went into his whole uh, – one, one thing I love about Kevin Smith is towards the end of his his Q&As, he kind of gets a little bit of philosophy. And he kind of gives a little bit of enlightenment to, to the crowd. And he asked a question, which was, you know, how many people here starts, you know, our podcasters? And it was – I counted. It was probably about, what, eight people out of that? I'd say maybe eight to ten, yeah. Yeah, about, out of how many people were there? Like hundreds of people were there. Uh, maybe even a th- over a thousand. Uh, a thousand. There was a lot. But he's like, that's not enough. And then he's talking about how, you know, he's like, in life, people will tell you, what are you skating for? You're making a fool of yourself and everything else. You're falling down. You're looking like an idiot. You know, he's kind of talking about how, you know, if you have something you want to do, you know, you're going to have people tell you that it's stupid or it's dumb or it's not going to work out. And he goes, I'm telling you personally, as somebody who's done that, you know, and has been on the opposite side of, you know, people criticizing you know, to skate and, and live your dreams and do what it is that you are passionate about. And then I sat in my chair and we we're sitting, you know, sitting there. I was crying, man. So I'm like, you know what? It's, he's right. Like it, it's, it's like this wave of emotions just hit me. And it was just like, I really needed to hear. Cause there's a lot of things in my life right now I'm not going to talk about, but that aren't the best right now. And just hearing what him give that, that idea of just optimism and everything else, you know, it's just, it's something that I really needed to hear, you know? Yeah, and there was actually a woman there that uh, was talking oh, about yes. how she has been struggling for years to get a film project of her own off the ground, and Kevin Smith was like her George Lucas. Yeah. And it's actually going to be a, 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 a um, movie about plus-size female stoners kind of yeah. thing. So this is right up Kevin's alley sort of thing. So. <laughs> and she was just saying how I've been struggling for so long, but I've listened to you and I've heard the advice that you give. And, and, and now I'm script supervisor. And now, you know, things are actually Moving starting forward. to happen. Yeah. So yeah, she basically said how the, she had everything in motion. It was just to come down to the funding, which was the, the one thing. And, and I got to tell you, man, he left the stage. This is why I love Kevin Smith. He got off stage where she said, you know, you're my George Lucas and everything else. And he brought her up on stage. Yeah, he walked down there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what's your name? And she introduced herself and she talked about the project. And it's just one of those – it's just cool, man. It's like that's what – and that's to me what the whole nerd community is supposed to be. It's just supposed to be – and just in life in general, it's just supposed to be supportive of other people, man. You know, and and, you know, know that people have had it harder than you, you know. But even then – 
just be supportive and be awesome to one another. And, and, you know, and he did that. And that's really what just made everything just so special on that night. You know, here's a woman who's talking about how she lost her job and you know, she wants yep. to go into film and everything else. And, you know, and, and, and just the trials and tribulations she's gone through, man, to have him just stand and say, you know what, you got this. Here's what, here's some advice. And it, it, it just, man, you want to talk about a real heartfelt moment. That was it. Yeah, and it's a never-forget-where-you-came from moment, another life lesson from Kevin Smith, and he's always willing to pay it forward. And that is one thing I wish we would do as a community a little bit more, not just pay it forward, but be more supportive of one another. I mean, I know we're always going to have opinions, and we're not always going to agree on things as, as a culture. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people will want to, you know, they say, can I can I do this with you? And you, you legitimately can't because there's nothing for them to do kind of thing. But, you know, you still help them along their way. And so, you know, we might not be able to do anything for you, but here's some, here's what you should be doing or talk to this person kind of thing. Just be more supportive of your, of your fellow nerds and, and people that there were. And the, one of the other things he said was we're all creative. We all have that thing that makes us creative. He said, if you've got something you dig, you say, that's for me. Just go do it. Don't listen to any of the people that tell you you can or you shouldn't. Just go do it. Do your thing, and there will be people that will support you along the way. But at the end of the day, life's too short to not be happy. Exactly. Well, speaking of happy, like he actually had a line about smuckers and the flash. I will not uh, re- repeat, but it, it was just one of those things. <laughs> Man, he's, you know, uh, it, it was just, it was just one, of those, it's one of those things where it's like a new life model for me now when it comes to certain things. And there was also a, a moment. They had sign language interpreters. Oh, there. my God. Yeah. He asked, he said something to the sign language interpreter. <laughs> That had us in tears, and again, I won't repeat it. Right, and the reason why I said the reason why we're not repeating it is because you know this is a guy who travels all over different cons. Like for example, he was in Washington on Friday, and also he's in Niagara Falls on Saturday, yep. Yep. talking to different people. So he's you know if he's repeating any of these things, we have people listening all over the place. We want these to be fresh. We yeah, we want you to, to experience fresh, these you know? like we experience these for the first time. So. We don't want to ruin it for you, but before we wrap up talking about Kevin Smith, I just want to take a second to uh, praise the people at AwesomeCon for how they put this together. Basically, it was in a Hall Hall D, which was, for them, it was like that was their Hall H. Yeah, thing for San Diego. That's where all the big panels will we'll talk about another Hall D presentation with John Behrman coming up in Nerd News with some news that he dropped. But basically... They sectioned it out. So not only did the lines move quickly, but everything was organized. Everything was – they placed things in certain places. There were plenty of volunteers telling people where they needed to go, what needed to happen. And yeah, the show started late because of technical difficulties. But even though the lines looked gigantic and almost like it's going to take an hour to get through here. They flowed. It really flowed well and they just had it sectioned off so perfectly to where – even though it started late, once everybody sat down, everything's moved kind of swiftly, and everybody sat down quickly because of how well organized it was. And I'm thinking, this is how you run a con. Speaking of the con, we're going to be continuing our coverage of AwesomeCon 2016 come next in Nerd News. We have a couple of big pieces of information coming your way, so stay tuned. More Down Nerdy come next. This is Monica Lee, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, normally we'd go around the interwebs and see what's trending, but hey, the interwebs actually came to us in Washington, D.C., because it's time for what, James? No! News! As you alluded to it before, James, with John Barron, we were at his panel on Saturday, 
And I'll let you just run with it, sir, so go ahead. I'll tell you what, this was one of the panels at AwesomeCon that we did not want to miss because we've seen John Barrowman's antics on the interwebs. We had to see them for (laughs) ourselves. When a show starts out with a man coming out in a Darth Vader dress and a Darth Vader helmet wielding a lightsaber, you know it's going to be a fun time. (laughs) Yes, and what's great about that was he did it twice but the best part was he actually posted a video. He's like, this is what you're going to see in Washington, D.C. And he was like him behind the curtain, you know, with the lightsaber twirling, whatever like that. And I'm like, he posted on his Facebook. So I'm like, I'm so glad that we didn't see that Facebook. Yeah. You know, that we actually were sitting in the audience. All of a sudden, we just hear like, was, the thing was, it started off by you hearing the, the Star Wars theme. And I'm looking at you and I'm like. What what's going on? What the hell is going on? Also, he just comes out, he's dancing, he's twirling, and we're like, yeah! It was really great. He had a George Lucas story too, which again we won't repeat, just in case. Right. Um, just in case that he does he does that story again. It was pretty hilarious. But what we what you sometimes get from these things is some serious oh, nerd yeah. news that hasn't hit the interwebs yet. So the first thing we're gonna talk about, of course, because he plays Malcolm Merlin on Arrow. Yeah is the fact that John Barrowman said in this panel, he is not currently, as of that panel, which was on this past Saturday, was is not under contract for Arrow for Season 5 currently. Right. Now, does that mean that one won't be worked out? I doubt it, because you know, he's, he's too much of a figure. But for him to say, you know, somebody asked him about playing Malcolm Merlin and stuff like that, he's like, well, he's like, I don't have a contract for Season 5. And so we're like, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's you like, know? what? <laughs> yeah. Because you kind of figure by now that kind of stuff is done, you know? Right, right. And then another thing in terms of big news, if you're a big Torchwood fan, Doctor Who fan, there's going to be a Torchwood comic coming out soon, and we're going to find out uh, Captain Jack Harkness's uh, real name. Yeah, we're going to find out some stuff like that. There's going to be some other news. There was plenty of questions that were asked about Harkness, and he said, we're going to get into that in the comic. Of course, his sister Carol's going to be helping him out with that as well. So, I mean, if you've been, had some, if you, and a lot of people have watched Torchwood and Doctor Who, and everybody's a big Harkness fan. So, if you've had some unanswered questions from seasons past, it looks like in this Torchwood comic that they are going to actually touch on some of that. And another small piece, he did not close the door on a possible return either. Right. He didn't, he, and he didn't. And so will we see him coming soon? I don't know. We'll find out. But I mean, that was just some really cool information he gave us at that panel. But I mean, the panel was just really, really fun because Behrman was just one of those things where it's like, strap in because you don't know what you're going to get in terms of just, it was just hilarious. Oh, yeah. We were constantly laughing. There was a lot of jokes he was saying, you know, and, and it was just rolling and it was just fun. And it was really, really cool. You know, it was really, really awesome and fun. It was cool how like, he was kind of getting changed, like, on stage. It was just hilarious. Yeah, like, he put on one article of clothing at a time, it seemed <laughs> right. like, when and, he got out of the dress. But, of course, he uh, his husband, Scott, was there, too, which was cool. And uh, what was cool was he closed it out by, by singing a song. And it was one that was really, really fun, fun and everything else. And uh, it was really, really a memorable time. So, I mean, if you ever get a chance to be at a con where John Behrman's there and you see he's doing a Q&A, be sure to go to that. And another panel we saw, James, of course, was Carl Urban's. He actually broke some serious news, too, in saying, guess what? After Star Trek Beyond, 
I'm no longer under contract for to play the, uh, Bones. Which is very interesting, because he did not mention the contracts of any of the other people no. on the cast. So there is that. But he did say he is personally not contracted to do any more. So then, of course, you know, that automatically begs the question of, well... Does that mean that this is it? Is this, this third movie it? And then we're gonna, it's gonna be a back to the drawing board kind of thing, or maybe it gives way to the web, web series that's gonna be coming out for CBS. So now this kind of puts into question a lot of things that are becoming for the future of Star Trek. Right. And I think with Star Trek Beyond, I think it was the way it's gonna end is I think it's gonna be the star of their five year journey. Uh, and I think it's just gonna go into the kind of the, it's gonna end with a sense of, Hey, create have however you want to create it, or who knows? Maybe there, it'll be like kind of a connection between this and the you know old school Star Trek series, you know, with Shatner right. and everybody else. So maybe it'll be kind of a, a late jumping off point for that, but we don't know. But you know, he also mentioned uh, he was asked about his TV work, and he's like, well, I don't know if I want to go back to TV because he talked about you know he was on he was doing a show and he had like do some reshoots or that for like 15 hours or whatever. Because, right, when he did Almost Human yeah, yeah, for Fox. He said was, he worked like 17-hour yeah, days. <laughs> because it's just the way they had a shoot and the amount of episodes and everything else. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to be doing uh, TV anytime soon. But one thing we want to see more of him, though, is, of course, Dread. And he says, yes, Dread is hopefully going to happen. We are working on that right now as we speak. So he's... He, he's hopefully we see more dread. He kind of explained what he would like to see with dread going forward too. Yeah, there is, if we've seen it in other interviews that he's done and press that he's done, but just sitting in the room with him, dread is his passion project. Yeah. This is the one thing that he really, really wants to get done is dread. And he mentioned, he mentioned Netflix. He said, if they wanted to do it as TV, this is the exception that I would make to do Dread on TV, and he specifically brought up Netflix, so I know that Netflix, you know, kind of wouldn't comment on it, and they didn't really want to say whether or not this was coming to Netflix, but clearly, there's got to be talks there, you know what I mean? There's got to be something going on there. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, you see Dread, and what was great was he actually did, he went full Dread during part of the the con, which was great, and I kind of lost it for a little bit, but when he's talking about that, like you want to compare his passion, he says his passion project. That dread to Carl Urban is what Deadpool is to Ryan Reynolds. Right, exactly. Like he is so passionate. He's like, you know, what? he's like, we want to see what the world's like outside of the mega cities and mega city one and everything else, and and take dread to other places. And it'd be pretty cool to see that. You know, it'd be pretty yeah. awesome to see that. And uh, you know, it'd be awesome to see how he would progress and where it would go and netflix with everything you're doing man you know they can get they can do it they'd be really really great you know and again i uh talked to him actually i actually talked to carl on twitter a couple days ago actually and i just said hey man just great job with the panel we want to get more dread going he told me how he wants to get more of that going it's how like he's he's pretty spearheading the campaign to get to get dread a, make dread a thing again, you know. Right, and with his busy schedule, I know it's going to be difficult because it's going to be in Thor Ragnarok coming up as well. Yep. When he was talking about that, he kind of dropped a quick little nugget of there are some unannounced cast members, yeah, for yeah. Thor Ragnarok that we do not know about yet. He said there are going to be some surprise appearances in that movie, and he alluded to Mark Ruffalo being in the movie, and you kind of got the impression from him that Ruffalo and Hulk are going to play a big role coming up in Thor Ragnarok, maybe even bigger than we know so far. So, 
I mean, as busy as he is in as, in as many major franchises, I mean, you don't really get a sense of it. I mean, the guy's been in Lord of the Rings. He's been in the he's been in the Bourne series. He was yep. in Chronicles of Riddick. I mean, this guy's done. He's Nerdvana, basically. Yeah, I love how like you know we got to the to the uh, celebrity area at Awesome Con. You merely turned to me and said. Dude, Urban's in full Ragnarok beard mode right he now. <laughs> he was in legit full beard mode. Not quite Justin Jordan epic beard. No. Let me tell you, it was full on beard. The, the New Zealanders would have been proud. Very much so, very much so. And of course, one of the people we talked to as well, going back to Tom King, uh, as you mentioned what we're reading, we talked about some Batman stuff. And, well, he pretty much outlined what he's doing with his Batman run he's doing for Rebirth. And he pretty much said it's, this is going to be set up as a trilogy. It's going to be his biggest you know, battle ever, his biggest foe ever. And so he said pretty much you know, the beginning is going to be set up where you have these two heroes in Gotham. That's going to be the first part. And then the second part is going to be the introduction of the main villain for this run. And he said the third part is going to be the climax, the the last battle. And he made a great comparison. He said, you know how you're watching a Western? You're like, oh, my God, this Western's going so long. One of these people has to die. Like, one of these people cannot exist. And he's like, we're going to get that to that point where you're going to be like, okay, one of these people is going to die. Like, it's going to, it's, it's going to be intense. He actually made a cool announcement as to who's going to be working on the book with him as well, James. Yeah, actually, David Finch is going to be doing the art for the first part of the run. Mikhail Yannon is going to be doing it for the second part of the run. So they're going to kind of have, like, a little bit of a Grayson reunion there. And I know that they've done some work together in the past as well. And then didn't really allude to who the third artist is going to be. I'm not sure that they've quite crossed that bridge yet because, I mean, they've got a long way to go before they get to the third part of the trilogy. But this is set up almost kind of like how Snyder and Capullo did Zero Year, how it was actually broken up into kind of three different parts as well. So I love the fact that they're doing it this way and that we know now going in that this is going to be a trilogy and that they are really playing the long game here. Exactly. That's going to do it for Nerd News. Come next, we're going to give our closing thoughts on Awesome Con 2016. So stay tuned. More Down Nerdy. Come next. This is Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham, and you are listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, we're just about wrapped up talking about AwesomeCon 2016, which is with, which was at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. And I got to tell you, Nick, the, the, the sheer volume, like we were saying in the beginning of this show, there was so much to see and so much to do. We got to see some friends and uh, talk to a lot of con goers. And actually, we did talk to a few people, oddly enough, that... This was their first con, so I guess they decided to start out big. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, this was, for us, our first major con outside of Virginia. So, you know, we got to travel, hop in the car, take a four-hour drive to D.C., and it was really fun, man. It was really, really fun, a lot of eye-opening things. As you mentioned, we got to talk to and, and, uh, and see some really cool friends we've had for a while. You know, I got to meet one of my favorite cosplayers in Riddle, and, and I met her husband there, too. He was a really cool guy as well. And we got to meet Monica Lee and Charles Martinet, who, of course, voices Super Mario and many other Nintendo legendary characters and a bunch of other people. And, and how could we forget the birthday boy, Robin Lord Taylor, man? Yeah, it was really cool getting a chance to sit down with him and – and, and chat a little bit, wish him happy birthday, which was really cool. I mean, what a way to spend your birthday at Awesome Con. Um, there was actually another guy that was in line <laughs> with him. It was his birthday, too. He gave him a big hug, and then the guy gave Robin a, a gift, which was the Funko Pop of Oswald Cobblepot yeah. from Gotham. So I thought that was I thought the guy was getting it signed. He's like, no, this is for you kind of thing. So I thought that that was really neat. 
That was really, really cool, man. And it was cool is, you know, we also met Brett Dalton. But it was one of the things where we were talking to Robin, all of a sudden Dalton just comes in and just like gets coffee. And it's it's just like, wait, does this just happen? Yeah. <laughs> like and it and it did. And he's a really cool guy, a really nice guy, uh Brett is. And you know, again, we met some really, really cool people there, man. It was just really fun. It was a blast, you know, for our first con out of state. Oh God, I would love to go back next year, you know, and, and just to everybody who run awesome, who runs awesome con, everybody who's worked on it, volunteers to the main top people upstairs. Like you did a hell of a show. Like you put on an amazing show. Everything was organized. As you said, we were staying in line for Scotty's line and the volunteers were like, Hey, everybody can kind of not stand in the aisle way, stand more towards here and everything else. Everything was flowing. Traffic was flowing. Yeah. The volunteers, man, they just really rocked, and they did an amazing job. Again, meeting Rick Riddle, meeting Monica, talking to them, really, really was a, a highlight of my weekend. It was just a fun, fun weekend overall. Plus, I mean, you know, Jessica Chobot was there, and just you know, you look at the the planner and all the panels and the Q and As, and it was just like there were ones we were looking at. We were like, oh, we want to go here, we want to go there. Oh, this runs into this, this runs into that. But it wasn't a bad thing. It was just like. The the guest list at Oscar was just so amazing. Yeah, it was the sheer volume of how amazing the guest list was, was that some of them had to overlap. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, I wish I had the thing Hermione had, where she was able to be in two places at once. So it was yeah, kind exactly. of like, you know, so I'm like, but we didn't have that, of course. But we're like, okay, we'll go do this, we'll go do that. And everybody had a lot of fun. I mean, we talked to, you know, go back and listen to our interviews. A good amount of people, it was their first time there as well, and they had a blast. You know, it was just like everybody's been nice and fun, and, you know, the cosplay is just out of this world. Oh, there were some really amazing cosplays. Oh, my Lord. I mean, and it was just, just ridiculous. You know, I mean, it was just, it had everything. You know, what's great about a con like this is, you know, you go there, and yeah, there's cosplay, and yeah, there's celebrities, but again, this did not lose the fact of, hey, this whole thing would not exist if there weren't comics to be, you know, built on and everything yeah. else and, and and have that display with all the comics and have people you know selling their comics and everything else really you know we talked about this about a year ago when will wheaton was like man comic cons aren't being much about comics anymore they're more about you know whatever this didn't do that this was like you know what no we have our solid base in comics and it's gonna stay that way and yeah we have celebrities too but i mean you had Everybody, writers, artists, colorists, cartoonists, everybody was there, and everybody was busy, and everybody was succeeding, and that was great to see. Everybody had a line. Everybody was working with somebody, and it was awesome, man. It was really, really cool to see that, to walk around such a huge like, – I sent people I know, like uh, I sent my friend – a, a picture she wants to know how DC was going so I sent her a picture of we were entering the the hall and the main hall for the con and she says wow that's huge I'm like that's only half of it <laughs> you know like I'm like I didn't show you the other half that's behind me and I mean to feel like a child when I got to sit and had the free play of the X-Men arcade games was amazing and you know we listened to our interview with Charles Martinet you know from you know who of course voices Mario we walked up to his booth and we were bowing and we were almost in tears because it was just a joy and we almost couldn't speak after when he opened the way he did with our interview. I mean, there's just so much to see and so much to do. I mean, you talked about the comics and there were plenty of long boxes there. Yeah. There were so many t-shirt vendors and people selling and dolls and pillows and toys and not just pops. I mean, like legit figures and oh, statues yeah, and, and stuff. Statues. There, to the point where I was like, I didn't even know they did a statue of that. And then there it was in front of me kind of thing. And there was another vendor that I wanted to point out. 
Oh, Speaking yeah. of video games, that actually, you know, the fronts for the old arcade-style games, the, the plastic displays, he had a bunch of them, not just for sale on their own, but there were actually lights that he made out of them, so you could almost have your own little cabinet light that fits on your wall, and I mean, it was just really cool, and the unique style that people bring to the to the vendor tables that they have, and they really, they actually had a spotlight area for cosplayers as well. There was like a G.I. Joe class cosplay group, right. and then there was a, there was areas for Star Wars cosplay groups. There were people acting out scenes from Game of Thrones. <laughs> In Game of Thrones cosplay, we got to see, you know, the death of Joffrey. That was acted out by the cosplayers. And, I mean, that was really neat as well. And let me tell you, the Artist Alley, not only was it gigantic, and not only was it full of very unique artists and writers and, like you said, stuff like that, it told you what row it was, yes! and there were little signs saying, okay, this is O, this is L, this is M, this is N kind of thing. So you knew where you were because it was so gigantic that if you didn't have that, and there was times where it was easy to get lost yeah. walking around this con, but everything was labeled so well, and then you get your program and you're like, okay, Justin Jordan's over here, and S.L. Gallant's in here, and Michael Dow Smith, he's over here kind of thing. So it was very easy to navigate your way through. And the one thing that I think you can tip your hats to because of the sheer volume of people and of vendors and everything like that was there were only, I can think two times in the hours and hours that we spent inside the Waltry Washington convention center, that there was a log jam inside the convention center itself. Everything flowed so well. And it was a testament to the volunteers, and I don't want to forget to mention this either. There was a actual legit science area yeah. in the con as well. I mean, NASA was in the house, the Air and Space Center was there, and they were actually putting on little displays and stuff like that. So, not only, you want to talk about cons not being about the comics anymore. When's the last time you've seen any sort of a focus on science at a con? Never mind a legit area that focused on that, I thought, for the people who organized AwesomeCon, you so unintentionally, I think, hit the nail right on the head, and this is the first con that I've ever been to, and that I can really, and that I've really experienced, you know, remotely from other people that I know that have gone to cons, or, you know, stuff that you read about them, that literally covered every base in nerd culture from start to, to finish, Awesome Con made it a point to make sure that there was something for literally everybody inside that convention center. Oh, yeah, man. And also, can't forget the kids, too, man, because we saw a lot of kids there, and, and they were in cosplay as well. But they also had a kid zone where you can go draw. You know, draw and, yep. you know, for example, you had a guy, like, saying, hey, you can draw your own comics. Okay, what's happening in this panel? What's happening here? And stuff like that. And, you know, you're talking about getting kids in the comics. What better way than saying, hey, here's a blank canvas. You want to draw your own stuff? Here you go. And, and you know, make your own comics. And it was just a fun, fun, fun weekend, man. One that forever live in my memory uh so again just thanks to people over at awesome con for allowing us to be part of this and giving us media access uh for awesome con and just everybody there was fun it was fun talking to everybody fun meeting people uh we actually had some people that bumped into us like oh my god you guys are here kind of a thing you yeah, know exactly it was, yeah. it was really cool we're like wow thank you you know it was really cool that you know to see that and um, but again, just everybody who was there, it was such a fun weekend. It was one that was always, uh, it was something that, man, I, I 
lost sleep over because I was just so excited. I'm like, oh my god, we're leaving for Awesome Con in you know, yeah. a day. We're leaving this for is awesome a con. con an hour. This is a con that you want to go to. And I'm, I'm being legitimately yeah. genuine about that. I mean, and even the food. It wasn't like, you know, the food burgers was and too. fries. Oh, and yeah, it was Caribbean. Like, yeah, yeah, like gelato. Food, it was like indoor food truck style stuff. I'm like, this is insane. And there was food everywhere. It wasn't just like a few spots. You had plenty of places that you could go eat inside. You you felt like you didn't have. This was another thing I got to praise them for. You felt like you didn't need to leave. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you go to you go to your con for a little bit. You know, you walk around. And you're like, all right, let's go get some lunch. You leave the convention center. Right. You come back later on after you've got lunch. the The quality of the food that was there was so good that you felt like you didn't need to leave, and that's what you right. want if you're running a convention. You don't want people to walk out your well, door. That's sad, but you also had adequate seating for people to sit down and eat as well. And that you was know? a key, too. And that it's it's stuff like that that gets lost in the shuffle. And what about the Lego building area that they had, yeah. too? And that wasn't crowded either, which was no. funny. They actually, it was like somebody dumped a giant bucket oh, of Legos found on, like, it, ten tables. I found it hilarious how there were more adults doing it than kids. Well, yeah, like, that sounds about right. <laughs> But no, it was just fun, man. I mean, like, you know, again, going back to the, the whole arcade thing, I'm like, dude, there's Galaga. Dude, there's there's the tabletop Pac-Mans. There's the X-Men game. Yeah, we were, playing that, we were playing that for a little bit. There's we Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I just yeah. got destroyed in it, but I had fun. <laughs> yeah, I was playing Tron, and I'm like, wow, this is harder yeah, than I remember. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, wait, the joystick's on the right side. That is a little... <laughs> yeah, spin for yeah. the head of the tank I can't use. Here, you can play it. A little bit difficult <laughs> for you. <laughs> it, went, it was very difficult for me, but again, it was just a fun, fun time. And meeting Riddle, meeting Monica, meeting Tom, and all those other great people that they had. Uh, just, uh, you know, if we had to give a rating for this, I give this 12 out of 10 panel rooms. Yeah, I, I definitely have to give this an, an easy 10 out of 10 kick-ass cosplays because the cosplays were off the charts and it seemed like there weren't that many repeat cosplays either i mean you saw a couple of different deadpools and harleys because that's going to happen no matter where you go but it seemed like like you had a bloodshot cosplay there was a static shock cosplay everybody was bringing out the different characters you didn't feel like you were seeing the same character over and over and i know that the con itself doesn't really have much to do about that but it was the attendees and the attention to detail mm-hmm. that was brought there and just so many different things. Like I said, they covered every fandom, every aspect of geek culture, and even in the in the panels and how well organized they, they were. And no matter how many people seemed to be lined, there was always seating. And there were four microphones to ask questions in panels, which I thought was really, really smart. Give everybody a chance to look around. So, I mean, awesomecon.com get more information about next year's show, which I believe is going to be June 14th through the 16th in 2017. So, and I mean, if you've never been to Washington, D.C. before, I don't recommend driving around the city too much. Yeah. But, I mean, just find a hotel nearby. And just park walk. there and walk everywhere. Use the metro. That's the other thing. The, the convention center is right near a metro station, so you could literally jump right off the metro and go right to the convention center, which is gigantic. <laughs> By the way, so just props to all the people at Awesome Con. I know there were some complaints about Sunday with uh, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman about some stuff that was going on there. They were just overwhelmed. I mean, you can never really prepare for a sheer volume of people, but they worked it out. They made it right. They apologized. I didn't think they needed to apologize, but they did. 
And, and everybody just seemed to have a good time. You're going there to meet your favorite stars. So speaking of favorites, before we wrap this up, Nick, okay. what was your favorite moment? And I know it's going to be hard to choose one. What was uh, your favorite moment from this past weekend at AwesomeCon 2016? I think I, I have two. Is it okay if I have two of them? Yeah, it's okay if you have two. Well, first one, of course, was meeting Riddle because I mean, she's my favorite cosplayer. She The things that she does from her Rocketeer, uh, you know, she was there as her Zatanna, and she's also in Star Trek as well. I mean, just just somebody was so nice. And her husband was also very, very nice as well. So meeting both of them was great. Uh, an amazing experience. And Monica Lee as well, really, really nice. Uh, my second, of course, was talking to Robin Lord Taylor and sitting where we got to sit and and, and just talk to him, at, you know, face-to-face, sit down at a table, pretty much have coffee and be like, hey, you know, let's talk about Gotham. And it was just a fun, fun thing. You want to talk about, you know, we talk about how humble Tom is. You want to talk about an actor who's very humble for what he has, and Robin was that, man. I mean, he was just hugging people. It was awesome to see somebody who, who loves that so much. My favorite moment was, I'll definitely echo that about Robin Lord Taylor, not to kind of steal your answer there, but I'll definitely echo that. That was definitely a highlight moment for me. But one of the highlights for me was just seeing how genuine, er, genuinely appreciative everybody was of the fans yeah. at this event. I mean, there were so many larger-than-life people at this event and i think awesome con did a great job bringing as many people that fans want to see to the event as possible and keeping it organized but how genuine they were because these are people that are spending their hard-earned money and a lot of it to come meet you and i i did never saw a false moment and you can always tell you know when someone's not being genuine you know i'm right. a good reader of people but everybody was so genuine and so nice and and the, the sheer volume of 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 the variety of the vendors as well and just the the everybody behaved themselves too there wasn't any you know trendy nerd moments there there weren't any jerks there i mean everybody was just really nice and happy to be there and when you put on a great con that's the kind of atmosphere you're going to create so bravo to the folks at awesome con for putting together what could almost be described as the perfect show. Exactly, man. That's going to do a first week's edition of the Don Nuri Podcast. And thanks to everybody over at AwesomeCon for uh, allowing us to be part of that special weekend. It was We had a lot of fun, and uh, we can't wait to do it again, hopefully next year. But, James, people can hit us up on social media as well. They can hit us up on Facebook.com slash Nerdy. Also on Twitter at DonNerdy757. I'm at Merck with one arm, Mr. Witham Go. I'm at James A. Switham. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. You can also find us on Instagram at DownAndNerdy757, but here's an easier way to do it, honestly. Go to DownAndNerdyPodcast.com. You can find all of our social media stuff up there. You can find out where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, like Nick just mentioned. You can also find out how to go to SoundCloud to listen to all of our shows. You don't want to use SoundCloud? Find out how to find us on iTunes or Google Play Music or RSS. You want to subscribe to us? You could do that there as well. Read the comics that were that we that we reviewed. The reviews that we write for two different comics on the show each week. You go to the what else? James is re- reading. What else? Nick is reading. It's all there, and there's a ton of it at downandnerdypodcast.com. I leave you with the same words I do every week, folks. Press safe comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics and stay awesome. <laughs>